You're listening to Minute Condition with Brad Slater, a sports card podcast for the collector by a collector. That's right, we're coming back quick. I couldn't stay away a whole week. I just couldn't. The show today, not necessarily going to be about sports cards, but it's going to be a conversation that I had with one of the favorite people that I ever worked with in sports radio. 2010, I left the city of Edmonton, and I moved to Calgary. There, I started working at Sportsnet 960 with a man by the name of Mike Richards, the Howard Stern of sports radio. We went on to create an amazing show, took it all the way to number one in Canada. We had the number one sports morning show in Canada. And today, I'm going to have a conversation with Mike. And to be honest with you, I haven't talked on like with a microphone and headphones. I haven't heard his voice through a pair of headphones in over 11 years. Now, he has some things cooking. He's got something on the back burner. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about my time in Calgary, how I got the job, and just some of the people and the places and the times that we spent in Calgary. And, you know, with Mike, you know, all morning, my phone's been buzzing. <sighs> Mika Kiprasov will be joining the show today. He's, he heard Mike's coming on. He's upset. He knows Calgary got rid of the GM this week. So Mika Kiprasov will be stopping by. And also the Toronto Maple Leafs, they kick off the playoffs this week playing Tampa. Foster Hewitt, longtime listener of my podcast. He loves it, apparently. He, he wants to call in and uh, give his thoughts on the Leafs game tonight. So without further ado, here is my interview with Mike Richards. I hope you enjoy. Joining me this week on Mint Condition, this man needs no introduction, so I'm just going to do this. Mr. Mike Richards, how are you, my friend? Oh, that is so good. Brings back White Louie, we used to call it. A-O-A-O. Oh, my God. Such a treat. Boys, this bring up memories. Oh. I knew you'd love this, buddy. Oh. How are you? I am excited. I uh, I got to tell you, it's, uh, it's funny. I get asked all the time about Calgary and feelings about Calgary and stuff like that. Why'd you leave? That kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, aside from some of those details, just so people understand, Calgary really is my hometown. It became my hometown. It's still my hometown. Uh, I, still have a, I still have a house. In Calgary. So I feel like, yeah, it's still there. I mean, I could still, and I know some people are like, that's pretty cool. Bar owners are going, no, no, don't, don't, don't come. We have no rye left. Don't, don't think, come back. Don't come back with your turtle your friend. house lost in your house oh, yeah. somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Your wallet's gone. Your my wallet's, wallet's gone. gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So back in 2010, I made the venture from Edmonton to Calgary uh, where it was I don't know. I was having a, a good time here in Edmonton, but I had seen a job posting for your show and I knew who you were and I knew how much I, I respected the world of you and I just looked at it as an amazing opportunity. So there I do. I arrive. I just want to tell this quick story. So I, I believe we were doing an interview at the Chili's restaurant in the Calgary airport. So in the I, airport. Yeah, the yeah, airport. I leave Edmonton and uh, I'm about to board the plane in Edmonton. And I who do I see? I see my my current GM of my radio station, Stu Myers. And he's standing there and he's like in the bathroom. He's like, oh, hey, Brad, what's going on? I'm like, oh, nothing. Just going to Calgary to see my family before Christmas. 
Yeah. I thought I'd just come to the airport and take a whiz. Yeah. Seems so nice in here. I land in Calgary. Uh, I'm getting off the plane, and there he is waving me over, and I quickly, like, what do I do? I'm meeting you at the airport. I'm meeting Kelly Kirsch. So I take out my cell phone, and I put it up to my ear like I have a fake call, and I just put my fin- my finger up like, one minute, one minute, and I quickly sneak <laughs> through a door like I'm leaving, you know, backstage concert, and uh, I-, I arrive at Chili's. Now, this is where it gets good. So you you come in, and, and Kelly's sitting there, and then the, uh, I don't know, the kid that comes over to take our order looked like he just got out of uh, high school. High-pitched, nervous kid, 1.0, before we had 2.0. And he had a problem because, you know, you didn't have your wallet because you left your wallet in your truck. And all you wanted was a Heineken. That's all you wanted. You walked through the airport. Yeah, you walked through the airport. You're hot, you know, bumped into so many people. You're talking. You sit down. So the guy wouldn't give you a beer. So then you get up to go to the washroom, and I'm sitting there to myself. I'm like, I got to get this guy a beer. So I go up to the bar. I ask the guy for a Heineken. I come back. I sit down, and I place it in front of your seat. And to this day, I think that's why I got the job. <laughs> well, you're probably not wrong. Wow, that guy's voice is a little high, kind of weird. Uh, I don't know what's happening. Is that a beer? Did he buy it? Like, what? what is this? And then there's a beer. I'm like, hire this man. No, I uh, I remember that guy going, oh, geez, sorry, can't give, you a, can't give you a beer. I go, why? I'm 100. It's an airport. Make with the booze. And they go, oh, well, the rules. What rules? Hey, pal, you, you know what a rule is? When you're talking to an angry Irishman, you probably should give him alcohol. That's the rule. Like I, I you know, it was before the days of not understanding, you know, insurance and all that. But I was, I was done. But that was the, uh, you know, auspicious start. And and uh, you know, the one thing that, as I said, I look back on it was, with all the stuff that we did, it was just kind of very family-like. Like we were, it, we were tight. Like it was. Um, it was fun every day, and we pushed the envelope every single day, which of course they don't do at all. In fact, they're they're afraid of it. But even before that, it's not like it's not like they were going to do the kinds of shows that we produce. The production on a daily basis on on nine sixty was well, I, I would say we usually producing between three and four hundred pieces a year. Yep. Uh, aside from the on air stuff. Then you would get uh, all these different guests that, you know, to this day, probably no one would get these guys. Uh, you know, the Dana White one really stands out to me. But, I mean, there was Ice Cube and there's a lot of a lot of great guests. But getting Dana White at that time, to me, was a real coup. You know, you know, having, you know, Rob Zombie, having having these kinds of it, – it fit the understanding of knowing that a morning show, even though it's a sports morning show, is to be entertaining – and to get interesting people on the show that add to just sort of a bigger, you know, uh, slice of life, you know, a, a, a larger fabric. And then just talking about the flames fourth line, because yeah. because I'll be honest, that's nerd radio and I've never liked it and I'll never do it. So when someone said, oh, yeah, how many minutes do you think uh, such and such got? I don't know. I was too busy having sex with a girl. So you'll have to tell me all about it, nerd. I don't care. At some point, look, who's going to win? Do you want? You know, I mean, we we did a lot of gambling stuff before. You know, obviously the advent of online gaming and and just where it is now. But you were the gambling we, before there was yeah. sports gambling in Canada. You know, just a second. I mean, when, was, you, when I walked, just a second. When I walked into your office for the first time, you anyone that's seen Happy Gilmore, you know, when he asks for the big the big check at the end of the uh, the, the event, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mike's yeah. office had six or seven of these. They were on the roof. <laughs> they were on the walls. I walked in, yeah. and it's like written out big letters WCLC. I'm just like, all right. 
and Mike, I trust. Yeah, yeah that that when and and we had fun with it. We did different ways of putting it on, and as I said, boo with yourself. Uh, you know, you know, Doug Kirkwood is it, well, obviously uh, Doug. He was in there for a long time. I mean, all we did was try to go in and make each other. I mean, I just wanted to make you laugh. I just wanted to make people laugh. It's it's like when I watch any of Seth MacFarlane's stuff, any of his shows. So if it's Family Guy or American Dad or you know, he, deep down, it's the same thing. You know it is. Yep. They're just trying to do stuff in voices that's going to make everybody laugh. And that's what we had. That's, that's the dream I had for six and a half years. And, uh, you know, aside from, you know, the strangeness of, of not being there, um, it, it was a very difficult choice to leave. In fact, the hardest of my life. And there's, look, there's a major part of it, uh, Turtle, that, that I wish that never happened, obviously. Um, but it, but just like in professional sports, sometimes, uh, you know, at that point I was living by myself. Uh, the six and a half years I lived there, my family was only there in the middle too. So I was alone all the time. So I was missing my son growing up and, you know, I don't having sex is good. So unless I wanted to start uh, having side Z's. Well, Michelle, we is, can uh, hang around the station all the time. Well, so I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So. Yeah. People. Yeah. I, I'm sure that would go over big. Harold, it my Richard. I mean, holy. I mean, all, almost every people said, "What?" I think even Andrew Walker, when I was on his, he said, "Aren't you worried?" Like about all the. So I said, "I'm not worried about these the cancel culture woke yeah. uh, pricks. I'm just not. I'm not. If you want to go back and make something out of a ridiculous scenario where you know people are using certain voices in a certain reference." Uh, that you you want to now do what happens, which is con- common with the cancel culture, which is because you did something back in 1917, uh, you're going to be canceled. We'll give it a shot because I know the CRTC didn't win, not once. Nope. Even with the bad mouth Batman, and and there's very few. Things oh, that I thought were they were going to win with uh, yeah. with uh, Rita in goal because of what happened. Uh, she had passed away the <laughs> day that we revoiced that commercial. And, oh yeah. Oh. And that, that didn't go over too well. Uh, rest in peace, Rita. We love you, but uh, that was, that was fun though. The Reed McNeil's extravaganza is 18 minutes long. And that's when Doug was there. Save and McNeil. I did a fake interview. Save McNeil. I did a fake voice saying I was Andrew Redshaw and it was a voice like this. And you know, let me tell you something, Rita. It, and it went on, and then I played all the bits, every bit I ever did about her, in between. It's an 18-minute, well, uh, my wife, Linda, didn't talk to me for like a week. She was so disgusted. And people was like, this is like Howard Stern. This is like this is like that. Blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, except Howard didn't produce all the stuff. Exactly. Howard wasn't doing the voices. Uh, I said, you know, look, I love Howard Stern, always have. Um, I don't want to be Howard Stern, but I, I get the blueprint of, quite frankly, just being uh, honest. The raw Mike Richards thing, the whole thing about raw, isn't that I'm going to go on and I'm trying to be, you know, the shock jock or whatever those old terms are. It's just, I'm just going to tell you the truth. Like, I, I, I'm always going to be honest. For instance, having to make that decision to leave Calgary was horrible. However, if you had a salary that was going to go from uh, whatever to like eight times the money in one year, yeah. like I couldn't have made, I couldn't have made all that money. I was the, not only was I, I was the poorest paid guy in our building. I was the worst paid guy in the building, but it wasn't even necessarily a monetary thing. Did we in even fact, have a studio? You know, I just remember that air vent above me that I was just waiting for a fucking alien to come down and grab yeah. me like Gilbert Gottfried said and take me away. Like we had nothing in that. We had a portable air conditioner that we had to turn off for guests. So we had to sweat oh, for I interviews. <laughs> yeah. And it, I had to it, keep dumping that it, pail of water out that would fill up from it. But before we even got there, like we weren't even, that, that wasn't even the main control room. 
I, I made it the control room. I said, we got to move. We got to move this into that other room. They're like, you haven't even started yet. What, what do you mean? You're, you want to move? Because the studio before was in a, in a, like a news booth room that was like, I think where, you know, Don, the producer had that little room. I think Jesse yep. uh, was in there for a while. Jesse that's where, yeah, that's where myself and Kevin Usselman sat in there in the dark, uh, <laughs> not connected to where you were behind the board. I go, yep. why would you do that? Well, they're like, well, why do you, why do I need to see the producer? Okay. We got to talk. And so everything, everything that was, you know, had to change. Uh, there was no, there was no music coming in and out when I first got there. I had to find these old CDs. Like everything was done from scratch from the beginning, right to the end. So when I had to leave, I'm leaving, I'm leaving a child. I'm leaving my baby. I, I, I built that uh, literally from, from sweat and, and tears, but out of the true sense of, of, of love. I mean, I love the city. I love the people. I love the province. And I knew at some point, maybe Rogers uh, at some point wasn't in love with me, but they, they found out that they probably should have been. And then, and then, um, you know, I enjoyed every moment. I mean, there were some tough things. And again, the thing that people have to understand is even coming to TSN, they had to make certain promises. And one of them, uh, that I didn't know was when I landed in 2004 off that plane in Calgary, I had cancer. I just didn't know it. I didn't know it the whole time I was there. I realized things physically for me kind of got sideways and I started to kind of, uh, I, the, the, the workings of my body was just not good. Now I was, you know, living a terrible life on your own. And, you know, there, there wasn't a, a gigantic, uh, 60 pounder of, of rye that I could pass with <laughs> probably drinking it, you know, and of course, Scott Roberts at the elbow river casino. Oh, I was yeah. like, Oh no, I don't know. And I'd go in there and the, the bartender would start to sweat. You'd have to look behind and say, how much do we have here? You know, the, doing the Olympics. How about doing the Olympics? The, the, yep. the, the, the gold, gold, the whole, the Olympics, the gold, at gold. elbow river casino. That was so a the, great that time. Was, that was one of the best times of, of my entire life. As most of those moments were coaching high school football at, at yep. St. Mary's High School with my buddy Vinny. Uh, I I don't know if the I could have and, and the amazing Govin, the ama- amazing Govin, who uh, I, maybe he's kissed a girl. Uh, he's put down the Spock ears. I don't know. I don't know if, if I think there's no hair left now either, which is not good for him. He needs something. Do you think he's got to get something? Do you think a high pitched nervous kid has finally hit puberty? I don't know. Is he alive? Like we never yeah, met him. I, I, his his wife is in a sports card group that I'm in, and I didn't find this out till last year. And I was like, she posted a picture, and I was like, wait a second, you're Mrs. Yeah. High Pitch Nervous yeah. Kid. Yeah, I, see, I say go over I, well. <laughs> I would do no. I would do your uh, fake phone call thing again. You talked about at the beginning of the show, oh, yeah. and go out the side door. I would be. What's that? Sorry, it's 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 uh, who's this? Yeah. It's uh, uh, you know, I, 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 yeah, I'd be gone. I, I think that you know, as they, so, so the reality is, in coming to TSN, I met a guy named Tony Luchasano, and Luch, um, he sets me up with a doctor because I'd never go to a doctor. I, I, I never would have, and they, they did. find cancer, yeah. and, and, and uh, if I'd waited any longer, I mean, it was it. I thought it was stage two. It actually was stage three, rectal cancer. I thought it was, you know, I was kind of in on time, so I said that horrible moment where you're sitting in that office and they're going to tell me whether I'm going to live or die. Um, you know, he, he, he basically pulls out a, a piece of paper and says, you see this. And, and of course at that point when he's going to give me the news on like it's on a clipboard. Mm-hmm. He said, you see the two words on each side. He said, and he said, read them to me. I said, well, one says palliative and one says cure. 
you see where your name is? And it said, curative. He said, do you see the number I have beside it? I said, it says 100%. He said, do you have any questions? I said, not one. No. I, at that point, I mean, you're so humbled. You're so crushed by the news. Because mm-hmm. he's going to tell me whether I'm going to live or die. It feels like a movie, but it's not. It's your life. And uh, to know that people have to do this on an hourly basis in all these hospitals that we have across the country. My surgeon's name is Shaddy Ashamala, and he saved my life. I and remember all your posts about that, that man. And every time you would post yeah. about that man, I would say thank you, too, because uh, that was well, the worst every, phone call I ever received. I'll say that. My worst phone call to this date that I received was the one that you told me what was going on with you. So. Well, it's, it's very hard. But as I said, that, that if I'd stayed in Calgary, I would have died. If I stayed in Calgary, I doubt very much that uh, anyone would have influenced me. Uh, I, I don't know if I, you know, because it's even finding a doctor is difficult. But I don't know if I would have had the smarts, which I clearly did not. And this is this is not this is this is an example of what not to do. Mm-hmm. And this is why I post those things. Is like, look, if you have not had a colonoscopy, if you have not been checked, then you're especially if it's in your family, then you're playing roulette. And if it's in your family, I know they say 50, don't wait till 50. Don't do it. Nope. Go 45. It takes 15, 20 minutes of, of uh, and again, they, they put the gas in so you don't have to actually look at some guy down there going, ooh, hey, that sound, what sound was that? I don't <laughs> like that, that sound. Is that the, the mailman? The, 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 the guy doing the, the Anisius, he, he said, uh, so it was an Indian guy. And he's like, uh, is there anything you want to know? I said, yeah. The last guy that's in there, he's got to tell me I'm pretty. <laughs> oh, very funny. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's a very good one. I wish Vijay Singh was my doctor when I had my oh, colonoscopy oh. last year, man. Oh. <laughs> yeah, all that stuff. I mean, I my had God, the guy from the Hills Have Eyes. I, I, thought I, I thought I had woken up during the procedure when the guy walked in. Seriously, it was Hills Have oh. Eyes. I was in Fort Saskatchewan. Yeah. That, that's worse than Edmonton, but yeah. Ooh, that's, uh, yeah, that could be, yeah, they, Washing their hands with, uh, yeah. I, 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 I just look at all that time, as they said, and and uh, and sort of survive that. The funny thing is, you survive cancer, but I don't think any of us are going to survive what they've done to sports radio, which is yeah. which ju- is just a shame because, you know, there I was sitting there after three years, um, and you know, of course, they had I come to a yet another place for the second mm-hmm. time in a row that has zero ratings, except this time they've got the fan who's been there for like twenty years already, so uh, that was difficult. But after three years. We had almost a six share, males 2554, which is unbelievable. But as you know, we always specialized, you know, for guys 35 and under. It, it was always the younger demo. And the fans at the time who were, uh, that was that was Brady, Greg Brady and, and Walker. So that was uh, Greg Brady and Andrew Walker. They had a five share and I had a 20 share. So I thought we were off the races and we were good. But within months, PSN loses hockey. For 12 years yeah. and uh, they completely then then Bell got their hands in there um, I get diagnosed with cancer they start you know taking stuff away and then eventually while I'm sitting there on the cancer table um, and it really would have been that decision uh, they take they bastle my co-host and then eventually they they take my job away from me and I was the highest rated guy they had but I just couldn't understand for all those years but as Bell does what they have done and has unfolded in front of the public how really, truly horrible and how morally bankrupt they are. Eventually, it doesn't, it's really not until it gets to Lisa Laflamme, people start losing their minds at what pieces of garbage they are. And so 
as I tell people, they said, what do you think of that? I said, well, I was Lisa LaFlamme before Lisa LaFlamme was. Yeah. So, uh, but I'm sports radio locally. So, I mean, who gives a rat's ass, right? Like, no one really cares about that. But once it hit the Lisa LaFlamme thing, and, and of course, when I started Raw Mike Richards, the podcast, I went on to blatantly just tell people what this whole Bell Let's Talk uh, ridiculous uh, thing was. Now, in premise, very good. And you'd think, hey, it wasn't a nice thing to have people talk about mental illness and anxiety and all those things. Yeah. But it was like the perfect beard for a company that after they had this big magical special day where it looked like they were doing all kinds of work, then they'd fire everyone's asses the next day mm-hmm. in the hundreds. So there was a production guy who saved all the emails that after after the, the Bell X talk day, they would gas people from coast to coast. Hundreds of families lost their jobs. But it was hidden by this this propped up evil genius of Bell Let's Talk. And then of course now that's fallen off, which is why they didn't do it last year. Yep. Like people eventually um, understood that the emperor had no clothes and that indeed this was a promotional uh, movement by them to hide all their shortcomings as human beings. And which is why when I, when I hear bell, like I just cringe, I, 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 I get, I, my, my stomach, uh, my stomach tightens up. It's just, I, I can't handle the thought of these people. And they destroyed radio coast to coast here in Toronto. As I said, the sports radio is probably the same in, in Calgary, but there, 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 there's zero ratings. When I mean the zeros, I mean the, the first number you see is a zero. Uh, and, and they've now done that to a, a historic station called uh, News Talk 1010. That was, used to be CFRB. Uh, it was the news station in the whole country, and they're down to a one share. What do you think so of the Blue that, Jays not sending their uh, play-by-play guy on the road to even call games and just stick him in front of the it's TV? Disgust- it's disgusting. Yeah. It's, you know, they, they have the report, you know, the profits of 15 billion. And of course the, the, the big, the big, you know, purchasing what, I mean, we have a monopoly. We have just a country with like literally three, a country, uh, three companies that uh, own everything. And it's Bell and Rogers. And then, you know, once, uh, you know, Rogers able to buy Shaw. I mean, it's, it's insane that there is no talk of collusion or monopolies. Cause that's what it is. We're suckers. And, and you, and you realize how much, they, 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 they make in, into the billions. They won't spend a hundred grand to send Ben Wagner to like Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, and not only that, one guy. Yeah. It's one guy. The producer's not even No, they, they, there's no one to talk to. And you know, and it's baseball is one of which we, you know, I mock endlessly just because it's guys saying, well, there's a uh, Ramirez, his uh, mother. Uh, by the way, invented the popsicle with Z. Watanael. It's fouled off. That's a uh, ball. You know, like it, it just, it is endless talking for two hours. This guy, they won't even give him a co-host. And I'm like, well, Joe Bowen and Jim Ralph in doing the game tonight in Tampa will be calling the game here off the screen. Yep. It's kind of like that guy They're from not- Major League, the color commentary guy. Fly ball. Caught. <laughs> but how, you're, 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 this is an obsession. The Leafs. And they're going to be, you know, in Tampa. And when they go to Tampa, I said, now look, I realize they're starting at home tonight. So obviously, but but on on the road, it's my understanding they still will not be going so they can save the airfare. It's just, it is beyond me how cheap it is. But what, you're telling me people don't realize that, that sports radio and a lot of the media just absolutely sucks these days? See, the, the, the problem is they're really not held accountable by ratings anymore because kind of in the radio realm, that's not where they make their money. So as long as they're selling the cell phones and cable packages and all the technology side of things, 
they they don't care if, if you have a zero share. And that's, see, normally you'd be held accountable because your business is so bad, someone get fired. That's just not going to happen anymore. So no matter what goes on in your market, whether you're in Edmonton or you're in Calgary, you go, why does it suck so badly? It's because they don't care about you or the product or the business. That's why. What do you think is the, your favorite memory of, of doing radio in Calgary? It doesn't have to involve me, but like, What's one, a couple things that stand out from your, your time in Calgary that you really enjoyed or activities or tournaments or things you covered or just, just moments that you look oh, back boy. on? Well, the connection with the hitmen was huge. The, uh, the connection going on the road um, and making their way towards the Memorial Cup, eventually Brandon was, uh, was really special to me. Especially um, so Kennewick. You loved Kennewick too, right? Remember? Kennewick was hysterical. Uh, <laughs> Remember that tire guy you called? Eddie Van oh, Halen? They, <laughs> David, no, oh, David it, Lee Roth. Uh, the, tire Lee Roth. Place, the tire place. <laughs> oh, there was a lot. Robin Leach and Marv Elbert. And, you know, but it, it, that was very special to me, my connection. Obviously, with the Flames, um, you know, and that's why the passing of Ken King was, yeah. was very hard to hear. And, of course, I was fighting. Uh, you know, at the same time. So, um, you know, I certainly understood what he, he and his family were going through. And well, Kenny was a tough guy. Um, uh, Ken was a tough negotiator. Ken, Ken was, was ruled the universe, uh, but he couldn't have been kinder to me. And my experience in Calgary um, is, is knee deep in my experiences with Ken King um, and how close we were and uh, how special that relationship was as it is with Daryl Sutter, because people want to, you know, talk about what happened with the flames. Yeah. And I said, well, you realize you're going to, you know, for me, there's going to be a bias uh, simply because, you know, the kind of hockey man that he is and maybe more so, you know, the human being and, and what he has meant to me, including just a couple of years ago when I finally had the big kind of final operation. Um, Daryl left me a, not only a message <laughs> on my cell phone, but he, he sent a, a Flames jersey with this beautiful thing written on the back from him to me. That's awesome. So you're probably not going to hear a whole lot of head chopping talk. I, I do know this. Uh, when you spend a whole bunch of money on players and those players don't show up, yeah. it's real hard to start pointing your fingers. It's, do I think the game has passed them by? No, I, I, I don't. I don't. Uh, it's, it's, it's just difficult when you make an investment in what you believe is going to happen. And it doesn't. Like, is there no responsible for Huberto or, or, or even Kadri to a degree, but Markstrom? Yeah. You know, when you have – how many loser points did they get this year? I don't, 31 or it, 31 one-goal losses or something like that? Like, it was – Like, yeah. the, it only would take a handful of those, and you would have been in the playoffs. But it's just – that was a very tough year. I feel, I feel bad uh, for Flames, uh, Flames fans, Flames Nation, uh, in, in the, how – annoyingly, you know, a struggle like that can be on a fan base because, well, when, when the, when the flames would do something sideways or it wouldn't have gone well, that's when the bits would come out. Yeah. Cause I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, no, no, no. Look over here. Look over here. Oh, what's that? Is that Jeff Garcia? Hey Mike, you know, that, that, that's when that crazy stuff would happen here. Flames of our lives. Uh, or, or the, the late, the late night Edmonton. Let's make fun of Edmonton again. Let's, let's go that way. Uh, let's, you know, whatever it was, I tried to distract people's anger by, by doing the crazy East of Dutchie and Don, you know, wh- whatever it was, I would throw it in there or, or the, now there's another radio piece. The, the fake smack off with the fake Jim Rome took everything and everybody in its power to make those things work. Cause they were hard. Yeah. That was one of the hardest things I ever did simply because I was reliant 
on people just calling in and being good, like, like being understanding what the smack off was for Jim Rome and then being like entertaining enough that it didn't suck. And there were some years where it literally sounded completely like the real smack off. They were so good. They were so good. So that was huge. Uh, I think the time that Brett Hart came in, uh, yeah. and Brett and I talked for a hour, while. hour then, conversation, but even the best part of that you and I talked about was the commercial break because he would just well, start telling us stories from the 90s that just blew our mind of who's hand and who what at what bar and stuff, and just, yeah, it was it was awesome. Well, he, but he, but we stayed in there and we didn't realize because that's before, you know, cameras were, were in any of these studios and, and, and radio on, on TV kind of thing. So I pushed them to get that webcam in there, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, it, it didn't have any audio to it. So Brett and I, in that 9 o'clock hour when Jim Rome came on, we talked for another hour, just him and I as friends. But people around the world are seeing Brett Hart on camera. They can't hear him. But apparently it like it broke <laughs> Rogers or their, their bandwidth or whatever because all of a sudden it was getting around that Brett was in there talking like just talking freely, but they never would have heard it. Cause there's no microphone. It wasn't connected. Yeah. Uh, but it, the, the talking with Brett was big. Um, you know, the stampede, uh, my connection to the Sutherland family. Yep. Um, you know, it was kind of a joke song. So the, uh, wherever the Chucks will go or where the Chuck wagons <laughs> will go. Um, but, but when Joe's voice comes on and I, I'm singing, even though it's supposed to be a parody song, and I'm, I'm talking about a, a hotel room, the motel rooms filled full of poo. Um, but I well up, I choke up when that song's on that, that song more than any other, that song gets to me because it just, it, it, it go, it goes to the heart of my existence in Calgary, which was here. I come in from Toronto. I really don't know a time except for Jerry Forbes, obviously. So Forbes yep. and I are like brothers, yep. maybe even closer than that, maybe closer than that. And, um, he just saw me coming as like he did coming in from, from the East. And absolutely falling in love with the the culture and the people. And uh, it's now the weirdest thing, the weirdest one. And and this, I think you were gone. I had like a 30 minute conversation with Bill Cosby. Oh, Bill Cosby was on. No. So I, I I think that was Doug and I still have that interview. And there's some stuff that he says in there. Um, It was serious. It was, it, it, it was like I was Larry King. And we were talking about, I was asking him some very deep questions and he was saying stuff I'm sure he'd never said on public up until that time. And one of them, he started talking about a woman and you listen to it now and I'm like, okay, all right, Billy, you know, shut her down. Um, you know, maybe, but, but I will put that. I do have that one. That was remarkable. Um, no, I mean, and just, you know, the, the, the drill crew, the, you know, with, with Dana and, yeah. and, yeah, like the, 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 I, I adored those girls and they were the best. They were there. And then the crushing news not that long ago of Sam Jablanca passing away. That, yes. that was devastating. I was just crushed. As people know, the owner of, of Shanks, yep. uh, all the Shanks, both in Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver. Sammy was a beauty. Um, um, Sam was uh, just the best and him passing away was devastating. I mean, the, the, some of those losses, as I said, have been pretty hard to hear, but um, my heart will always be in Calgary, and, and as I said, it's my hometown. Uh, there's there's pretty no gray area about that. I I live in an area just outside of Toronto. I'm born and in, in, raised in a place called Stovall, Ontario, where I still have a lot of great friends. 
But if someone said, yeah, but where's your home? Well, it's, it's in discovery rich. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in Calgary. It's, it's walking down Stephen Ave. It's, it's, it's going to pizza uno with you and Jeremy. It's, uh, running into Craig, Craig Conroy and saying, okay, look, uh, it's been 20 minutes. I got to go, you know, I got to run. I got a funeral, Connie, but, um, we can pick this up maybe later. <laughs> I, I think he's <laughs> you know? the next GM of the flames, by the way. I think he's well, ready I think, and I think yeah, he should get a I, chance. I, I would, I would love to see that. Um, you know, like, uh, I, I, I can't say enough about it. As I said, it, it's too bad that you know, in circumstance, you have to leave. But um, as I said, uh, it, 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 the, I wasn't seeing family, right? So, and there's family sick, and since that time, people passed away. My mom's passed away. Uh, Linda's sister passed away. Um, you know, there was reason to probably be here, uh, but but don't don't mistake that for that it was a great move or. Or that I'm trying to make uh, an excuse that that I you know I really wanted to go or some someone on that CalgaryPucks.com wrote all this horrible stuff like the day almost when I was leaving yeah I remember and I just and I just absolutely flipped and I said unless you guys want to be sued I would take that down uh, I have no problem with Calgary Puck and people can say what they want but I said he, there were some disparaging remarks and then saying how I mocked Calgary and that I wanted to leave and I never liked it I was like. Then we'll do what you do in Alberta. Let's go outside. <laughs> let's. I got no. Let's go to the parking lot and we'll we'll figure out who's telling the truth here. Well, they don't um, know what happened, that, but for what happened, uh, you found out about this at about nine o'clock at night on a weeknight, and we had a show in the morning. And uh, basically, yeah. I think TSN had come to you and said, "This is it. This is the deal." And it was a great deal, but you have to tell us yes right now, and for your your sake and the sake of your family. And I'm glad you went back for your health. That was a decision. So then you, you call me up and you're like, "Hey, I'm I'm done." But you and I had talked. So well, like we kind of knew something was was going on. But well, then... because there was there was there was there was there was a my contract had expired December 31st. They and it was kind of a mistake on Rogers. They didn't wrap me up, but they weren't paying me great money, so they weren't. I don't I don't know why they weren't that concerned, but they they somehow they made a huge mistake, which means I'm a, I, I'm an unrestricted free agent, and we go to number one in Calgary with like a ten share. Males fifty five. We were number, 54, we were number one in Canada. <laughs> yeah, we so we're num- we're no- we're number one, and so the the question was, do I go to the, to the fan in Toronto or this new upstart TSN? Now, at that point, TSN was still TSN, run by TSN people. The television side was CTV, and the radio side was Chum, which is my original radio family. So, in some ways, it was a no brainer because half our show, if not at least half our show. They were all TSN guys, whether it was Dave Naylor, whatever. It, it, it Stephen Brunt. It was TSN guys. It, I didn't really until I got here and the Bell thing shows up. I never thought about Bell. Yeah. I, w- I wasn't signing with Bell. I, who's Bell? Like, what, is Mister Bell? Is mm-hmm. Danny Bell walking around? I didn't know any of this stuff, but I knew all the chum guys, and and I knew all the TSN guys. So it was like coming home. But of course, within that three years, that's where it all changed. Um, as I said, there, there's both the good and the bad. There's a weight to it, but but the reality is that my heart still uh, pounds for the prairies and always will. Just not Vancouver, I find. Or Edmonton. Just not. Just not, yeah, But you know what? Edmonton is the cousin that you see every once in a while. You show up and you razz each other. Yeah. It never was. You know the people who take it really seriously, and I don't think that. I mean, I get stuff from Edmonton all the time. Guys going, look, I get it, but some of that shit was really funny. No you know, one ever, like, yeah, you, yeah. No one ever got like, seriously like, angry. No one did. No, no, no. But Vancouver, that's a different story. Oh, yeah. 
those people are that, that Vancouver is this, I don't know. I, I guess, is it, is it a, a foreign word for city of dicks? Because I, I have no time for these arrogant, uh, you know, these, they talk about the mountains like they made them. They're like, yeah, well, we're, we're jogging in February. We don't care when you jog. And guess what? You didn't invent jogging either. And they're just so annoying. Uh, I love it. I mean, when I think it's actually the only thing I will admit: the BC Lions and the new owner are fantastic. And when Nathan Work was out there last year, like I've been talking about Nathan Work since he was at University of Ohio yep. in the Bobcat, and I'm saying if he comes to CFL, he will be not only one of the great. Well, you know, I know people say better than Russ Jackson. Yeah, better than Russ Jackson. He he might end up being one of the great quarterbacks of the league if he stays. And so he gets hurt, which was terrible. It was so hard to see. Yep. Um, and, and then he ends up going down to Jacksonville, which is a great place for him. Henry Burris is the quarterback's coach. Sure is. I still talk to Henry. He's a great guy. Yeah. And so um, – and he's got Trevor Lawrence, who's a fantastic human being. they got a great setup with their coaching staff. And I wish him all the luck. I, You know, some people were being, like, just complete idiots saying, well, he, he turned his back on the CFL. Well, you're just – you know, when, when, when CFL fans start talking like super protective, like this league can go on the way it is forever and nothing nothing to change, well, then then our league will die. If we don't get smart with it, if we don't start thinking about things that are innovative or listening to other ideas, you know, it's like, what if they go to four downs? Well, then I guess they go to four downs. I got news for you in high school we play four downs. You know, we, you know there's, there's, there's a lot. That, okay, do you want four downs or like no football, no CFL? I mean, you tell me. Is it going to kill you to go to four downs? And this is where I start to give up on it. And look, there's a lot of stuff I know behind the scenes of those that would be for four downs. And some of the names would, would shock people. Uh, long standing, huge CFL Canadian football legends. And it's like, look, if we, do the young people want to see, because when the offense doesn't work and you get the two, two and outs and half the game is punting, mm-hmm. try to sell that to a 25 year old who's, who's covered in like Buffalo Bills stuff and Kansas City Chiefs stuff and wearing Aaron Rodgers jerseys. And and Joe Burrow jerseys like it's just you 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 cannot you cannot stop evolving as a business and sometimes the CFL does and it makes me nervous because the hardcore certainly in the prairies are like we don't need it we don't need Toronto yeah you kind of do because it's called it's called agency buying and if we can't get our television people to buy uh, coast to coast on a full buy I got news for you they're not interested in Regina they're not mm-hmm. for what 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 markets percentage. You know what I mean? Like they just don't understand that it's not belittling the Prairies or the great football fans of Saskatchewan. But in order for Saskatchewan to work, you need to be able to buy a Toronto market. And so it's all got to work. So Toronto has to be strong. And it always pisses me off because I'm not so sure, you know, you have Bell's hands in there. And I, I don't know how much love they have for the league. Um, uh, but, but getting new teams, having a team in, you know, out, out east, having a team in Quebec City. I mean, these are things that are important, but you need Toronto for the financial side of it to work, for the for the the agency slash commercial side of things, and so that's very important. But it, it also helps if you know the uh, you know the Edmonton Elks can win a home game. I think you were in Calgary oh. last time they uh, they won a home game, so hopefully this year's the year. You know, here's hoping. Yeah, you know what that was I, to, to to grow up most of your life seeing you know what. Uh, even even an average game's got thirty eight thousand people, thirty eight thousand, you know, whatever it is, forty thousand, yeah. and see sixty when it counts. Yep. To see the building the way it was the last couple of years, it was sad. Well, it's scary. 
it, it absolutely frightens me. And let's hope that's better because CFL's not that far away. The season's not that far away. And, of course, uh, I love it, die hard. Uh, and, you know, hopefully, if there is a new venture, which I believe there could be, oh. uh, you're going to see me in all those cities. And uh, when I say see, uh, not just here, that is a very real possibility. So let's just hope oh, okay. that the best thing that may have ever happened to me in my career is not that far away because it's been terrible for eight years. It'd be nice to finish off with a bang, which means people in Calgary, people uh, all across the prior, including Winnipeg, Regina, uh, you'd see this guy. And uh, I plan on taking the country back. You hear so that? if I can get to that Mike point. Mike Richards has something up. So we will leave it. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> now, I, I posted on Twitter this morning that you were coming on, and I don't know why, but I don't know. It was 7.30 this morning. My phone rings, and it was Mika, and he was pissed looking for you. Yeah. What are you talking about, Markstrom? <laughs> He's terrible. He would never win the Vizina. He has no strength. He doesn't eat the right way. Has he not heard of the chipmunk skull chips? <laughs> Human fingers fishing in a field. He's a loser, and he'll always be a loser. They need Mika for one billion matones. Classic. See, yeah, yeah, that's exactly work. what he was yeah. saying to me this morning, but I couldn't yeah. break it down. And the other yeah. one I wanted to ask you for today, um, do you know if Foster is, is going to be watching the game today oh. in Tampa? <laughs> okay. uh, Foster will be, uh, there's a, a, an establishment with some uh, pretty girl. And um, I was a place in uh, Calgary uh, where normally, uh, if to meet a girl, you would have a nice ice cream cone. Jerry Forbes was telling me about this. You could hold hands and, and go to a park, but not in this place. You just, all you need is a, a loony or a toonie and a good throwing hand. Is it called the cat house? Well, you wouldn't believe where you got to throw it either. That's, it doesn't seem right. Uh, Dave Keon and Norm Allman were really upset with 37 seconds to go. Here's Anderson. He's just, he scores. Anderson has scored for Canada. See, these are very weird little blurbs I'm doing. I know, but people, people have missed it, man. I had my inbox completely blow up. They're like, hey, I want VJ, I want Bob, I want Steve Armitage, I want the Olympics opening ceremony. I'm just like, whoa, like, is David yeah. Lee Roth in, in town? Is he doing a show? I'm like, he could be. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, my voice is going to be stripped if we keep doing that. Yeah, what am I? I'm like, what, what is the circus now? What is it, Vegas? You just. <laughs> You think of throwing coins at people are just going to be dancing? Uh, well, look, well, they, I mean, there's a lot of that stuff. I think you do have a lot of stuff still, right? Like you've I do. got, I have yeah. everything. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking that regardless, of like, hey, you can't do that. We own that. Shut up. Yeah. What part of the, what part of creating this stuff did you were you a part of? Because you paid the rent. <laughs> I don't know. Because it, when when I was recording, it didn't rain on me. Yeah, we'll find a way. And if you really wanted it, you should have kept it. So we'll uh, we'll figure out a way, and I'm sure we will figure out a way to do things together. But uh, this has been a great catch-up, Turtle. I mean, I loved just it, the man. greatest I loved memories. It. And it's not yeah. going to be the last time either, Mike. So I appreciate no. you taking the time today, man. I really do because it's been 11 years since I heard your voice through a pair of headphones, man. And it's, it's been great today. So thank you wow. so much. I, well, anytime. And I look forward to uh, doing stuff down the road. And uh, much love to uh, my people in Alberta because uh, it uh, – as, as Tina Turner said in that horrible song we used to play all the time, 
in Edmonton, you're simply the best. <laughs> Just for old time's sake. I got to walk you out with yeah. this. Yeah. Oh. The start of this video is outstanding, too. Just oh, the yeah. best. I can Rob see you're, not a, you're, you're banging your head right now. I know you are. Oh, uh, I am. I am. There's nothing like this. Even White Zombie. Ticket, Rob Zombie. Dream Come. Theater. Yep. Oh, Dream Theater, too, too. Yeah, you got it, buddy. Anytime, man. Thanks, Mike. You take care, man. All the best. See ya. Wow. Now, that was fun. I haven't had that much fun doing a show, talking on a mic, wearing headphones, talking sports in a long, long time. And I'm sure you could tell that he and I get along great. We have very good chemistry. We can complete each other's sentences. And I know exactly what he's thinking. And he knows what I'm thinking. And I know exactly what he needs when it comes to his show. So again, that was Mike Richards. Very quick show this week. Got the Card Expo in Toronto going on this week. And then we have a Card Expo here in Edmonton next week. Hoping to get on some guests to talk about both of those shows. For those attending. We'll talk about what to bring. You don't want to have a big backpack on and stuff like that. Because you don't want to be bumping into a lot of people. And another thing. The biggest thing I think I've seen taken away from card shows. And big card shows. Don't wear sandals. There's too many people and your toes are going to get stepped on. So just find good, comfortable running shoes. And that would be my best advice for you for a card show is like a shoulder bag, not a big bulky bag, and good running shoes. And have fun. Ask questions. Don't be scared. It's just cards. So again, thank you all for listening. I'll be back with another episode next week. So if you like it, you like what you're hearing, Please leave me a review. Let me know you like it. Send me a message on Twitter at mint. Send me an email, mint at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. I appreciate all the love and support and the messages I have been getting. So thank you all again, and please take care, and happy sipping, happy ripping. See you, everybody.